It's HSK Today, a weekly in-depth look at the Henderson Silver Knights and the AHL with your host, Brian McCormick. And here we go on a beautiful Thursday afternoon. This is HSK Today. Brian McCormick here, you there. Jared Justice on the other side of the glass as we talk horse hockey and get ready for this weekend for the Silver Knights. Two games upcoming against the Tucson Roadrunners and uh, for those of you who are nostalgic, it is the final two-game weekend for the Silver Knights in what will always be remembered as their first home, the Orleans Arena. Silver Knights Friday night, Saturday afternoon. And then after that, uh, well, they'll head to Bakersfield for a two-game set with the Condors, but their next home game will be April 2nd at their new home and their permanent home forevermore, the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson, which has already uh, been up and running. We've Already seen the first Nighthawks football game. The Nighthawks will play again on Sunday against Sugar Skulls. The Big West tournament was uh, at the Big West basketball tournament at the uh, the DLC earlier this month. So the building is already well broken in when the Silver Knights make their uh, their arrival. And of course, there'll be plenty of uh, festivities on April second for fans to enjoy. More information on that to come in the days ahead. But this will be the last two games at the Orleans for the Silver Knights, and uh, the Silver Knights have already uh, kind of announced that they're going to be uh, fun. I mean, every game's supposed to be fun, but they're going to be uh, festive affairs uh, as tomorrow night is going to be Nighthawks night, which is not a, a full-blown theme per se, but it is going to be a, a game where the uh, the Nighthawks football team will be in attendance, and they'll be utilized in uh, many fun activities, games, what have you, around the building, so their presence will be felt put it that way and then Saturday for the finale at the Orleans it will be Mardi Gras night on Saturday as the Silver Knights uh, tip their cap to the Orleans theme and the Orleans arena uh, which of course has been home to hockey in Vegas for a long time dating back to the Wranglers and the ECHL days so uh, the Silver Knights will be wearing their Mardi Gras themed jerseys which are a lot of fun actually and uh, if you are interested they they have uh, made a handful a, a limited number definitely a limited number and there aren't too many left but a limited number of uh, the replica the CCM replica versions of the or of the Mardi Gras jerseys available for fan purchase they're on vegasteamstore.com uh, and they're also in the livery at Lifeguard Arena so uh, it's it's kind of neat it's purple and green with like a yellow and black kind of like diamond checkerboard pattern it's very very uh well festive but but also colorful it, it's it's a, it's a busy jersey which is fun uh and then the uh the front features the uh alligator or crocodile i guess i, I guess alligator and uh, a hat uh, playing the bugle, which is a, an homage to if you drive past the Orleans, I'm sure many of you have on Tropicana Avenue, you'll look and see that the marquee, at the bottom of the marquee, has an alligator who's playing the trumpet and wearing a different hat, I believe, but kind of a combination of the Silver Knights theme and the Orleans theme, and it's going to be on one very, very memorable jersey. So the CCM replica jerseys uh, are available uh, at the livery and on VegasTeamStore.com. The jerseys that the players are wearing themselves, they will be game-worn and signed. Even the ones uh, for players who do not play in the game, they will still be signed. And then those are going to be sold on HSK Authentics. HSK Authentics, those jerseys going on sale Wednesday, March 30th at 11 a.m. That will also be on VegasTeamStore.com. Dot com and uh, that'll be that's not a, an auction that's a they're for sale so it's a first come first serve basis so don't wait too long 11 a.m. on Wednesday at Vegas team 
Hockey.com is where you can get the game-worn, authentic Mardi Gras theme jerseys. <clears throat> and the uh, money for the purchase of those jerseys, uh, I believe, will go back to the HSK Foundation. But uh, we'll, we'll get more information on that going forward. But anyway, it's going to be a, a fashionable weekend uh, at the Orleans Arena. Saturday's game, also a TV game. Darren Elliott will join us. And, you know, we'll just we'll soak in the, the final hockey moments at the Orleans. Again, there's so much to look forward to at the Dollar Loan Center. But it is still going to be saying goodbye to what has been the team's home for the first two seasons. Uh, and for a lot of fans, I know that there's there's a lot of love and nostalgia for the uh, the Orleans Arena dating back to uh, to their prior hockey fandom. So we'll have fun with it. We hope you will too. And uh, send the Orleans Arena out in style for the Silver Knights. It's going to be two important games. Every game is important this time of the year, but especially as the uh, playoff picture continues to take shape. We've already seen two teams in the Pacific clinch their playoff spots. Uh, each playoff clinching scenario is dependent on the division itself, not on the uh, the conference as a whole. So, just the way that uh, Stockton and Ontario took off at the first the first half of the year, they really haven't slowed down. But uh, they they were well in front of the rest of the Pacific Division pack. The Stockton Heat and Ontario Rain have both clinched playoff spots. Those are the only two teams in the AHL to this point who have clinched playoff spots. So. Uh, the Silver Knights on the other end of the spectrum. They are in sixth place after falling to the San Diego Gulls on Tuesday. The Gulls taking three of the four games in the four consecutive contests between the two. Uh, and the other the game they lost was a shootout loss. So the Gulls picked up seven of an available eight points to, uh, to significantly close the gap behind the Henderson Silver Knights. The San Diego Gulls are now one point back behind the Silver Knights uh, with... The Silver Knights having 16 games left on the schedule and the San Diego Gulls with 15 games left on the schedule. And uh, for the San Diego Gulls, they drew a little bit closer uh, not only over the course of these last uh, four games, but also uh, last night when they defeated the Tucson Roadrunners 4-3, a hat-trick by Alex Limoges, uh, the difference for the San Diego Gulls. So again, they're one point back behind Henderson now and that one-point gap separates 7th from 6th. If the Silver Knights do fall behind San Diego, they will be in 7th place. That is the last playoff spot in the Pacific Division. So they're still in. And looking at San Jose and uh, Tucson, right now the Barracuda are 10 points back of the Silver Knights and the Roadrunners are 13 points back of the Silver Knights sitting in last place. And those two teams have, uh, for San Diego, uh, for San Jose, 14 games left. Tucson, 15 games left. So that would be a very, very tough gap to lose for for the Silver Knights. And the Silver Knights are struggling of late. They've won two of their last ten. But that, that would that would require some significant struggles. Um, and, you know, particularly with the fact that, again, they're playing Tucson this weekend for two. Those will be the final two meetings for the Silver Knights and the Roadrunners this season. The Silver Knights have four of their final 16 games against San Jose. So, again, that, just like the San Diego series we just saw, that can go either way. It either gives the Silver Knights complete control to, to stave off the teams that are trying to chase them, uh, or it can give the San Jose Barracuda an opportunity to make a substantial leap forward in head-to-head -head hockey to try to chase the Silver Knights down. But for the Silver Knights, you know, they need to get back in the, in the win column consistently. They had a really, really strong recovery, uh, comeback effort, 
against the Gulls on Saturday at the Orleans. What was a shootout victory. They erased a 3-1 deficit in the third period, had one of their best periods of the season. But then after that game, again, the Vegas Golden Knights, they're going through some some injury and illness issues right now, and, and that's kind of been the story of, of the season for, lo- for a large stretch, both for the Golden Knights up top and the Silver Knights down below. The Golden Knights with you know a lot of injuries and the Silver Knights uh, doing their job in supplying players and, and players getting an opportunity to make an impact at the uh, at the NHL level. Zach Hayes got a chance to make his uh, NHL debut, played his first two NHL games this past week. Uh, and for Zach Hayes, he became the ninth different Silver Knight, the ninth to make his NHL debut this season. And that doesn't count Logan Thompson, who made his NHL debut last season but saw his first starting action in the NHL this year, and he's gotten a handful of opportunities since then. He's kind of in the hand they've been writing of late. Uh, and then other players who are you know, a little bit more veteran uh, for the Silver Knights, like Sven Berchi, like Derek Pouliot, uh, who got a chance to go up and play as well. So just counting the, the kids who are getting their first NHL look, there's been nine of them this season. That says uh, for the Silver Knights, A, they're, they're doing the job of being the, uh, the, the reinforcements for the, a, for the NHL club, and that, again, was one of the benefits of moving the AHL affiliate out to Henderson to have that easy access. I don't think they, <laughs> nobody envisions having to utilize it uh, the way that the VGK have this year, you know, with that kind of uh, regularity and volume, but it's done, the, it's allowed them to make split decisions that would have been very difficult to make otherwise in terms of personnel. And for the young players, you want them to get that opportunity. Everyone's in this business trying to make it to the National Hockey League, so when a player gets a chance to go up, Regardless of the circumstances, that's uh, yeah, a dream come true for them, but also really, really important developmental experience. And uh, for their benefit, you know, Jake LeCision and Jonas Romberg went up. They stayed up for a long time at the start of the year. Zach Hayes has gone up, and he's not going up for one game. They're, they're taking a longer look at him. So, you know, the, the VGK getting an opportunity to learn a lot about uh, the, the young players and get a much closer and under-the-gun look. Uh, at what they have in in the cupboard. Having said that, though, you know, for the Silver Knights, you still got to find a way to win hockey games. And after a really good effort on Sunday, where you know the the like uh, or Saturday, excuse me, where the the players like Lecision, Ronbjerg, who have uh, not been available to the Silver Knights, you know, since they were uh, in the lineup for for Henderson, they were the ones who who drove the comeback effort. In the days since, though, the Silver Knights lost those players uh, to call up again. Uh, over the course of the last few days, it had been uh, Jonas Rombjörg, Jake LeCision, Paul Cotter, Daniil Miramanov, Zach Hayes, and Braden Pahal all called up. I mean, that just leaves a real gap in uh, in the Henderson lineup and in the Silver Knights trying to kind of do, do a similar thing to what Vegas is doing, which is not only find a way to put a lineup together to, to win hockey games, but also, okay, let's see some of the players who were not quite ready for AHL action and were in the ECHL or, you're, you know, were down there to get more ice time. Let's see what they can do when you throw them into an AHL situation. So Connor Corcoran gets called back up, and he's put up offense in, in the, the looks that he's gotten. Brandon Cruz joining the, uh, the VGK organization. He is on a PTO with the Silver Knights and has played in uh, two of the three games since he joined the squad. Brandon Cruz, a fifth-round pick in 2018 for the VGK, just finishing up a five-year NCAA career that he polished off in uh, at Boston College. So, you know, look at the Tuesday lineup that the Silver Knights had. They had Brandon Cruz. They had Calder Brooks, who was signed uh, to a PTO earlier in the day, uh, a member of the Rapid City Rush. So Calder Brooks 
thrown into action. And uh, perhaps one of the most interesting uh, members of the lineup the last two games has been goaltender Dylan Kelly also signed to a PTO. We're going to have Dylan Kelly on the program in our next segment just to talk about uh, his journey and, and the whirlwind week he's had. He got his first AHL win in his AHL debut on Saturday against the Gulls and uh, has been very strong in two games. Uh, but for the Silver Knights, you know, it was, it was kind of a scrappy thrown-together lineup, and, and it went out and, and put, a, a, put up a really good fight against the, uh, the Gulls, but uh, had just a, a, a hard time generating offense against Lukas Dostal, who is now 6-0 and has a better than 950 save percentage against the Silver Knights this season. That's just against Henderson. So uh, the Silver Knights will be happy that uh, at best they're only at, at worst they're only going to see uh, Dostal one more time in the uh, in the regular season. There's one more matchup with San Diego to come. That'll be on the uh, 19th of April. But uh, Dylan Kelly did the job, got a win out of the two-game set, and uh, right now. For the Silver Knights, they've got uh, in, in their goaltending battery with Dylan Ferguson injured, Yuri Patera, Dylan Kelly, and Isaiah Seville, another VGK draft pick who just left college, left the University of Nebraska-Omaha, signed his NHL contract starting next season, but he's on a PTO with the Silver Knights now. So lots of shuffling, lots of players uh, working their way in and out of the mix, but when you look at Seville, when you look at Corcoran, when you look at Cruz, these are going to be valuable, valuable weeks left in the regular season for them to demonstrate what they're capable of, Brandon Cruz especially, because he has not signed an NHL deal like Isaiah Seville has, to, to demonstrate what they uh, provide, what they're ready to do at the NH at the professional level, uh, and, and have a nice little uh, audition for the brass because everyone's going to have their eyes on, uh, on not only the, the VGK in this home stretch for the playoffs, but the HSK as they look to solidify their playoff positioning as well. Uh, if the AHL is meant to be a testing ground, there are a lot of players right now we're getting a, a good long look in uh, some adverse situations. Uh, and for the Silver Knights, the rest of the schedule now, uh, they've had their struggles, but they've also had their struggles predominantly playing a ton, a ton of road hockey. 13 of the last 17 games, or pardon me, yes, 13 of the last 17 games have been played on the road. Now that the Silver Knights are through that, they, again, have this weekend at the Orleans, then they say goodbye to the Orleans. Then they have back-to-back -back games in Bakersfield against the Condors before they come right back home for the inaugural game at the Dollar Loan Center. That, again, it's going to be a tough one. They're going to be in Bakersfield on Friday the, the 1st and then at the DLC on Saturday the 2nd. So both the Condors and the Silver Knights busing through the night to get home to turn around and come to a brand-new building. Uh, which I assume is going to be buzzing on opening day at the DLC uh, to, to open things up. But from that stretch forward, on April 2nd forward, the Silver Knights are going to play 10 of their last 12 games of the season on home ice, and that includes their last seven in a row at the Dollar Loan Center. So the Silver Knights, they've gotten through the most challenging portion of their schedule. It certainly did beat them up a little bit, uh, but now they have uh, a chance to put themselves in the driver's seat take care of business against a last-place Tucson team this weekend to reestablish their footing, uh, and then try to go on a run to finish this season on home ice and put themselves in the best playoff positioning possible in the Pacific. We're going to step aside. When we come back, we'll be joined by goaltender Dylan Kelly, one of the newest additions to the Silver Knights lineup, who uh, had the spotlight directly on him on Saturday and took advantage of it. That's straight ahead on HSK Today. Brian McCormick here with you on 1230 The Game, the Silver Knights Radio Network. Who the hell are you? You know. You all know exactly who I am. Now.
Say my name. Brian McCormick. Back on HSK Today, Brian McCormick here with you. The Dollar Loan Center in Henderson is open for business, and the HSK will be moving on in on April 2nd, and it's time for you to get ready to know all that you need to know. Visit thedollarloancenter.com, thedollarloancenter.com for upcoming events, seating charts, arena policies, and much more, thedollarloancenter.com. Henderson Silver Knights have two more games coming this weekend against the Tucson Roadrunners. At the Orleans Arena, it'll be their final two games at the Orleans Arena before they move into their new home. But one of the stars at the Orleans Arena last weekend was uh, newcomer goaltender Dylan Kelly, who joined the team on a professional tryout agreement. He joins us now. Dylan, thanks for taking the time. We appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. So, Dylan, I would imagine it had to be a whirlwind couple of days. You joined the team on the road in San Diego. You kind of just jump right into the fray. And then for a lot of goaltenders who joined PTO, you're there, you're ready to play if needed, but usually it's in a supporting role. But the next day in in, in uh, Henderson or in Vegas, you're you're between the pipes. You get the call that you're getting the start. Was was that a whirlwind 48 hours for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, for me, I think I, I liked having it go that way. It, just, it was nice to be able to kind of just get thrown right into the fire and uh, less time to just sit around and think about it. But uh, yeah, it was you know, the travel day was traveling is always somewhat tough on the body, just um, sitting around all day on a plane. But it was nice to be able to back up in San Diego, you know, see, see a game, watch a game from, you know, from the sidelines. So, and then Saturday, yeah, uh, he coaches told me, be ready. You never really know, uh, you know, what could happen with, uh, you know, we traveled, we had to travel back to Henderson after the game Friday night. So, Tried to stay calm and get some good rest. And then uh, I think it was like, I was having lunch. I think it was like noon uh, when they told me I was getting a start. So, uh, yeah, it, it was pretty wild a couple of days and playing probably a stressful few days for my parents. But um, <laughs> I'm really grateful for the opportunity that, uh, that, that they gave me. Well, Dylan, it was your first AHL action on Saturday. Now you've played pro hockey at several levels, so it's on some degree, I'm sure, it's just hockey. But with each standard deviation of level upwards, the shooters are better, the uh, the pace is faster. I'm sure it's you know it's it's a different game in in that sense. So, at, at what point during your debut did you feel comfortable? During during the day or during the game? During the game. During the game. I think uh, mentally I felt pretty calm, uh, pretty calm uh, for most, pretty much the entire game. But I think it was the third period when I started getting a few shots. Um, I think that was probably when I really settled into the game. Uh, felt really comfortable in the third. My my body felt a little sluggish, a little slow in the first and the second. Um, but the third, I felt like I kind of picked it up physically, felt, felt a little better. And then uh, overtime felt really good. And uh, the boys had a really, really good third period as well. And um, obviously fought back, got two goals, two huge goals, and tied the game. And, um, you know, we all went to work in overtime and killed a big penalty. And the boys got it done in the shootout. So uh, yeah, it's a pretty, uh, pretty crazy way to, to go about my first, first start. But um, pretty, pretty excited about it. 
I, I always wonder when, when players make their debut, players score their first goals, it, was it how you imagined it would be? Was it how you, it played out in your head? Now, again, making your AHL debut isn't uh, necessarily uh, you know, something that you're going to make a movie about, but the fact that it went to a shootout, I wonder how, how you were, were you excited to see it going to a shootout? Because that's a time when the spotlight really is on you. Absolutely. I, uh, I was really happy. I was honestly excited about the opportunity to kill a penalty in overtime too. I, yeah. I felt like you know, first two periods, I didn't see a whole lot of rubber third period made a couple big saves. Um, but I, I felt like that was, that was going to be my opportunity to really, um, you know, step up for the boys and, and, you know, show them that I can play, play at this level. And the boys got a couple big blocks in there too. And, I made a couple good saves, and uh, we were able to get out of overtime and, and get it done in a shootout. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, you can't you can't draw it up any better than that. Definitely not how I originally imagined it going in my head. <laughs> but um, yeah, pretty pretty spectacular. We're talking to Silver Knights goaltender Dylan Kelly. Now, Dylan, I, I think your path to the American Hockey League is fascinating. First of all. You played four years at Adrian College, which is one of the best D3 programs in the country, but there still aren't that many Division Three goaltenders playing in the in the AHL right now. So you started there, but then you went, you've played in the ECHL, the SPHL, the Federal League, and then this year alone you've played with three different teams before joining the Silver Knights. That's a really fascinating winding path for you in, in the last four years. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a ride. Well, what's it? What's it been for uh, for you? Is is has there been a, a difference, a tremendous difference between the Southern Professional League and the ECHL? What's it been like from from year to year as you've you've developed? Absolutely, I, really, I'm grateful for every every year or every you know any game I get to play is is awesome. But uh, it, it's it's definitely a big jump from you know the Federal Hockey League to the American Hockey League. There's 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 a, a big jump from the SP to this level, and um, I think the I definitely think my time in, in the ECHL has has helped me make take this next step. But um, kind of like you mentioned, the game get, it gets faster at every level. I think I think personally as a goalie, I'm noticing um, players are just smarter at every level. They don't they don't just throw pucks on that. Um, and just you know, fire everything into your belly. Uh, they're not going to shoot it if, if if they don't see it as a good scoring opportunity. So, as a goalie, that that makes every shot a little bit more challenging, little a uh, little tougher read. But um, for me, I just I think being getting that game experience, you know, playing in big situations, uh, you know, the lower you play, the more mistakes that happen during a game. So that usually means more opportunities to make big saves as a goalie. So uh, I just think having those experiences has, has kind of helped me be able to uh, just try and continue to climb and, and grow and uh, ultimately just keep working every single day to try and try and be the best I can. So I'm excited to be able to try and prove myself at this level as well. We're with Dylan Kelly. D Dylan, what's, what's your personal philosophy i guess let's call it that bin as as a professional because you finished playing at adrian college you want to play pro hockey but again for the different levels you've played at places you've played at i, you, I would get the impression that 
you know, unlike a uh, you know a, a draft pick who maybe gets brought to development camp and then kind of assigned somewhere, it seemed like you were putting yourself out there. I want to play. Teams would give you a chance, and you said yes a lot. Like you said, continue the grind. But it looks like that's what this has been. It's been you getting a chance and taking that chance over and over again. Absolutely. I mean, that's all you can do. It's it's better retire, right? <laughs> Fair uh, enough. <laughs> uh, there's not many guys that you know really get to to be able to retire on your own terms is uh, I think something that's pretty special and I guess usually at the lower levels that's kind of what they say like most guys you know if they just hang around those levels eventually they just don't get you know they don't get jobs anymore so uh, they're forced to retire but um, uh, my philosophy is just try and do the right things on and off the ice and if a team wants to give me an opportunity to help them win, then I'm going to do everything I can to to, to help them do so, and I'm going to work as hard as I can for for the time that I'm there. So, and just see what happens. Uh, it's really all you can do is try your best, try your hardest, and and just keep working at it. I wonder, Dylan, did anything sink in or click this year in particular? Because you know, you, you've had good seasons be, uh, before, but but this year coming into to Henderson, eight and zero in Rapid City, nine and zero in the ECHL this year overall. Uh, did, did something take off for you this uh, last few months? I think just sticking with it and uh, finally just getting some opportunities. It's it's been a bumpy road uh, getting to this point, and really just rather than focus on the stress of the game, just focus on being grateful for the opportunity to play, the opportunity to play at, you know, whatever level I'm playing at. And um, just just trying to focus on being grateful for being there and working hard every single day to, to be my best while I'm there. So really, I, I think just being comfortable with, with that approach, being happy with who I am and who I'm, you know, working to be both on and off the ice and just trying to, you know, take one step closer to that every single day. So, I wonder, Dylan, and we're talking to Dylan Kelly, goaltender for the Silver Knights. When you were at Adrian, I, I don't know the uh, how expansive the, the athletic program is at Adrian beyond the hockey. I'm, I'm familiar with the hockey program. Did any of the other coaches ever try to recruit you to play something in addition to hockey? Because you're one of the, you're six foot five, and uh, when when I met you, I thought that we had we had signed a tight end. You're a big guy for a goaltender. Uh, what what other sports uh, did you give uh, did you give a thought to growing up? Uh, so growing up, I played tennis and baseball. I played. I actually played tennis and baseball at Adrian College as well. Tennis, I I walked onto the team, never made it in a match. But uh, I played, I think it's one spring before I walked onto the baseball team as a pitcher. Um, I was on varsity for, I think, two and a half years. And in my senior year, I, I, I didn't play just because I knew I wanted to, you know, pursue hockey uh, or pro hockey in the spring when our season was over. So um, baseball was a big one for me. Uh, I was, as a pitcher in college, it's, it's a pretty fun lifestyle just being a pitcher only. Uh, I was a bullpen, like long, long relief, uh, long to midterm relief guy, but righty, uh, just your average D3 guy, 87 top out, curveball change up. <laughs> but uh, it was awesome. It was it was a nice little switch up from you know from a long hockey you know grind of a hockey season 
to be able to, you know, sit in the sun and, you know, chew on some sunflower seeds and throw some baseballs around. So, Well, sticking with hockey, you made the right call. Before we let you, before we let you go, Dylan, uh, Calder Brooks also signed a PTO. He was with you in Rapid City, so now he's joined the team. And you guys are getting to come home now and spend a little time in Vegas. Are, are the guys taking care of you? Are you guys seeing the sights? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Uh, we've it's, it's kind of with the travel. It's been some long days, so uh, kind of been a lot of sleeping. But we've spent some time by the pool for sure, and. I've got a little bit of a, a light a light redness to my skin right now, so I'm happy. And, uh, you know, eating some good food. It's nice being out here. Lots of uh, good taco shops. So I may have, may have tried one of those one of those spots uh, around here. But, yeah, uh, the boys have been great. And, um, you know, looking forward to continuing to get to know them and, and get to know the city. Well, that's great, Dylan. And, again, there's a couple more uh, big games on home ice this weekend. Has it been unusual for, for you, for any player joining a team in a PTO, these kinds of circumstances, you are just jumping right in, but you're jumping in with a team that's right now trying to, you know, fight for a position in a playoff spot. Is, is it is it strange to jump in and try to, like, adopt the, the, the temperament of the team around you uh, immediately? Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm coming in trying to do, you know, what's the same goal that they have and that they've had all year, and that's, you know, step one is just make the playoffs. So make the playoffs, and then once playoffs start, it's a whole new ball game. So whether that's, you know, me playing the games, helping them win games, or, you know, just pushing pushing everybody in practice, uh, that, that's kind of just where my focus is every day. And and ultimately the best thing I can do to, to help the team do that is, is by doing my job. So um, just try and focus on doing that and, and contributing – However, I can. Well, so far, so good. And I know Silver Knights fans got a really big kick out of your debut and your win last weekend. We're looking forward to seeing more. Dylan Kelly, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Thanks for having me. That is Dylan Kelly, goaltender for the Henderson Silver Knights. And the Silver Knights looking to get back in the win column again and make a real push into April for playoff positioning in the Pacific. Silver Knights fans, the Silver Knights Hope that you're willing to have your big day at Lifeguard Arena. That's where the Silver Knights prepare for their big days, and you can enjoy birthday parties and company outings with a view of the Vegas Strip, ice skating, and much more. Lifeguard Arena has you covered. Call 725-201-3032. 725-201-3032 today. Well, the Henderson Silver Knights uh, get ready for hockey this weekend, but the Vegas Golden Knights are on the ice this evening at T-Mobile Arena, and it is charity night at T-Mobile Arena. We're going to be joined by Kim Frank in our next segment, the president of the Vega, uh, the VGK Foundation, uh, and she'll give us a heads up for what to expect for charity night tonight at T-Mobile. Straight ahead on HSK Today, Brian McCormick here with you on 1230 The Game, the Silver Knights Radio Network. A man become preeminent. He's expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Brian McCormick. Back on HSK Today, Brian McCormick here with you on a Thursday afternoon getting ready for the Silver Knights games this weekend against the Tucson Roadrunners. But also tonight, the Vegas Golden Knights will host the Nashville Predators at T-Mobile Arena. And it is a very special night because it is charity night 
presented by both the VGK and AT&T Sportsnet. Uh, a chance to raise some money for some uh, for one important cause in particular. Uh, and to help talk us through it is the president of the Vegas Golden Knights Foundation, the VGK Foundation, Kim Frank. Kim, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. This is a big night for you guys. It is. Thanks for having us. Um, it's a huge night. We love this night. It's fun. We're excited we can do it in person at T-Mobile Arena. Charity night. What else can we say? Um, awesome time. It'll go back in the community. We're highlighting care for the kids. Yeah. And for you guys, I, I always wonder, this is the fourth annual charity night that you guys are having. Now, the VGK Foundation, you guys make an impact in the community all year long. You guys have so many projects that are, are going on at once. But why is it so critical to, to gear your efforts towards a night like this, to, to have so much uh, firepower behind one night to, to support Cure for the Kids? You know, it's fun. You're, you're right. We have a lot of different initiatives through the year, but to be able to team up with um, AT&T Sportsnet and have this one night that we call Charity Night and we go all in, it's, it's great because we can highlight Cure for the Kids, we can do something fun, and fans can get a cool bag out of it. So the Charity Night bags, there, there's two. There's There's the... The standard charity night bag, if you will, and then there's also the VIP bag. But I, I've got a chance to see some of the items that are in this bag. There's some really cool swag that uh, fans are going to want to get their hands on. Yeah, you know, we have these cool whiskey glasses with um, the Golden Knight shield on them. We have um, in the VIP bag, we have a signed helmet by one of our players on our team, a mini helmet. Let me just say that. But they're gold, right. like the ones they wear. <laughs> I'm like mini helmets. Uh, and then, you know, we have uh, the first alumni puck that we've ever put out. Derek England has signed the one to the VIP bags. Um, and then we have a hat. We have uh, a charger. We have earbuds in the VIP one. So lots of cool, unique stuff that you can't buy necessarily in the store or that have been given away. And, for and fans, let's not forget the Adidas bag that it all comes in. <laughs> I was gonna, the bag itself is pretty darn good. Yeah, it's a, the, a duffel bag. The bags are cool. The bags are really cool. We were excited about the bags this year. We're with VGK Foundation President Kim Frank. Who decide, How do you guys decide what goes in the bag? Because it almost looks like like every great VGK stocking stuffer you can come up with in, in one package. But I wonder how you guys come up with, uh, with what gets included. So it starts back a few months ago, and we kind of chat about it. We're like, what haven't we done? What do we have? We kind of ask different people in the office. Sometimes I'll throw it out to a player. Hey, do you think this is cool? We want to get a guy's take, a girl's take. And we just kind of come up with a bag that we think would appeal to all ages and anybody that is a VGK fan. Now, these bags can be purchased at the game in person. I think around Section, section 11, I believe, is where they're going to be stationed. Yep. And then also on, on the on the uh, television broadcast, there's going to be a QR code so people can purchase from home as well. Absolutely. You can do that, and you can go online to our website, and they'll be there we're with Kim Frank. Let's talk a little bit about Cure for the Kids. Again, you guys partner with a different uh, organization each year for this night. Why was this an important uh, organization for you guys to work with? You know, we have our Hockey Fights Cancer Night, and there's so many people that, you know, experience just that terrible cancer, you know, cancer diagnosis. And Cure for the Kids is a center that helps kids that um, either have cancer, that it's outpatient care, and it's other cancer, blood disorder. And they do everything for these kids. And they're seeing 80 to 100 kids a day. And, oh, wow. and that just means there's so many kids out there. And, you know, you feel bad for anyone. But children, you know, they've only lived a, you know, a few years. And they do great things for the community here. And we just thought it was one of those um, organizations that we wanted to bring, put a spotlight on and also help. Our players like them as well. 
And this is, a, again, there for charity night. This is a, a significant evening, but you guys work with so many different organizations for, for charitable endeavors. How many, ballpark, how many different organizations are you guys working with during the season? So last year we we worked with about 50, over 50. Uh, the year before, prior to COVID, it was roughly 120, 130. But this past, and then this past year we did a few bigger projects. For example, the ball hockey rink that we built with the Boys and Girls Club. So we put a little bit more into that piece. So sure. And then we anticipate next season even working with more, with events coming back, with support always through the year, with COVID opening, you know, everything opening up again. So as you as you mentioned a couple of months, I started talking about the uh, the items that would be in the charity night bags. What is the overall? Uh, how long have you been working on this night? I imagine that this doesn't all come together uh, in a couple of days. No, you know when we get the schedule, we take a look at it. We start to back out dates. We talk with AT and T Sportsnet a date that one that we're on AT and T Sportsnet two that looks like a good date that they that we have time to promote leading up to it. And then we start planning the bag. So I would say as soon as we get a schedule, and well, it'll be June, July this year, we go right at it. Immediately thinking about charity night. We're with yep. Kim Frank, the VGK Foundation president. So it looks like there's about 600 bags that uh, are, are available for fans. Uh, and they're, they've already been being sold throughout the day. So you guys have already made some progress on, uh, on the donations this se- uh, for this evening. Absolutely. We've already started selling them. People make sure you get them because they will sell quickly. So uh, waiting for the game, again, they can purchase them at the game. They can purchase them uh, using the QR code during the broadcast. But where can they go if they want to grab one right now? You can go right online and pick one up. Right? We have a link on our website as well, and then it's also on GiveSmart. Um, if you, uh, th- those are the best places to do it, right online. Gotcha. So it's uh, it's uh, vgk.givesmart.com, if I'm not mistaken? Yes. Yes, thank you. You saved me on that. <laughs> I, I need to have my lines down, too, for later on. I appreciate that. I, w- I was not looking at anything, but, yes, that is correct. And, of course, fans can always go to cureforthekids.org to make contributions to uh, Cure for the Kids as well. Uh, of all the items that we talked about for the Charity Night bag, do you have a, uh, a favorite item? Well, I actually like the bag. The bag I itself? Love, this, is my fa- this is my favorite bag of the, um, that we've had so far. It See, is. I, I'm looking. I think I would. I would be brought in by the uh, the Foley family wines, uh, the tumbler, the glass, because okay. I because I need to be a more well-rounded person. I don't know enough about uh, whiskey or or wines. I watch a lot of Fraser, but that's really the most uh, cultured I get. So I need I need study items. So that that's I think is what would draw me in the most. That or the blanket. The charger might get me because I may need it later on. <laughs> I, I have two phones, and they're always on 5%. That's a, that's a personal flaw of mine, so the charger might be what I need to go for. Uh, Kim Frank, the VGK <laughs> Foundation president, thank you so much for hopping on with us. Uh, really, really excited for tonight. Uh, is, there a, is there a goal in mind? I'm sure you guys want to take as much money in for Cure for the Kids as you possibly can, but is there a, a mark that we're trying to hit? We're trying to hit over 200,000. Over 200,000. We will make that happen. Kim, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, looking forward to seeing you tonight. Thanks, Brian. That is Kim Frank, the VGK Foundation president, also community relations and player programming for the Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, between her and uh, Mia Greenlee and so many others, and, of course, AT&T Sportsnet, so much work goes into charity night. Uh, and tonight should be a, just a, tr- a terrific night, uh, the fourth annual. And, again, just to remind you, these charity night bags. These are duffel bags, Adidas duffel bags. Uh, and in the bags here, I'll just run through some of the items that we expect. Uh, I know Kim mentioned 
most if not all of them, but just to, to run through it again. There's going to be a, the bag itself. It's a it's an Adidas duffel bag, and then in that bag there are uh, a, a travel blanket, a VGK hat, uh, a patch like a, a uh, like a jacket patch, a charger for your phone. Uh, with uh, all of this is VGK branded, an ice mold so you can make VGK ice. That's pretty neat. Uh, poker chips, Foley Family Wines Govino tumbler. The, uh, the, the the glass she was speaking about, uh, and then a VGK Alumni Association puck. So those bags will sell for $300 per bag. And then there's a VIP bag that's going to sell for $500 each. It's going to have all those items already mentioned. And then with that, a souvenir mini helmet that is signed by a current VGK player, kind of a mystery uh, autograph item, a pair of wireless earbuds that are VGK branded, and then the VGK Alumni Association puck that's going to be signed by Derek Englund. So some really, really cool items. And then the money that is collected from those bag sales uh, is going to go to Cure for the Kids, which is just a tremendous organization in town that, again, provides for children who are suffering cancer and other diseases uh, outpatient treatment uh, and just a, kind of an all-in-one treatment experience, uh, which is just so beneficial not only for the kid but also for the, their families as well. So uh, a tremendous organization. And uh, for more information on that, it'll be you know discussed throughout the night uh, on the Sportsnet broadcast tonight, the AT&T Sportsnet broadcast, but also uh, the most recent episode of Nightlife, uh, where Ashley Weiss uh, takes us through Darren Millard as well. Uh, with some of the patients and some of the, the key players at Cure for the Kids to talk about what they do so well uh, and why uh, a strong showing by Golden Knights fans this evening and uh, charitable donations can go so far to help them continue to provide the services uh, that young people and their families in the Vegas Valley need so dearly. So great night tonight. We hope you'll tune in. Uh, and again, if you're at the game, it's uh, Section 11 is where you can stop by and pick up uh, and purchase a bag uh, for VGK Charity Night. Silver Knights will take on the Tucson Roadrunners this weekend, as we mentioned. And, uh, well, there has been a little bit of news that has dropped, and we talk, uh, not, not uh, game-breaking news, but, but an update. And we talked already about just how much movement there has been back and forth uh, between the VGK and the HSK in recent uh, weeks, if not recent days. Another update dropping during this program, a little less than an hour ago, so during the first segment when I was yapping on and on. Yuri Patera and Jonas Romburg have both been recalled to the Vegas Golden Knights, so they are going to be available to the VGK tonight. Paul Cotter and Braden Pahal have been reassigned to Henderson. So uh, some reinforcements for the Silver Knights in getting Paul Cotter and Braden Pahal back. But Yuri Patera and Jonas Romburg go up. So we said there's already been nine uh, Silver Knights regulars who have made their NHL debut this season. Uh, Yuri Patera, we don't know what capacity he'll serve tonight. Uh, I, I believe from this morning's uh, morning skate and such, it looks like it's Logan Thompson's net, or at least that's the expectation. So Yuri Patera going up there, it appears to back up. But if he finds his way into the game at some point or into any game during his recall, uh, he would be the 10th. Silver Knight this season to make his NHL debut. Nonetheless, he gets the recall. He's in the mix, and uh, I would presume that means that Yuri Patera might be available uh, to back up tonight. On the Silver Knight side, that means that they are uh, they're without Dylan Ferguson, who is injured and is in a week-to-week -week situation. And with Logan Thompson and Yuri Patera both called up, that means that it is still going to be squarely on Dylan Kelly uh, and Isaiah Seville to carry the load in net for the Silver Knights. 
Isaiah Seville signed to a PTO as well during the last week uh, in San Diego. He signed it on Tuesday, in fact, uh, when he joined the Silver Knights and backed up for Dylan Kelly at Pechanga Arena. Isaiah Seville signing an NHL entry-level deal for next season after just recently coming out of college from the University of Nebraska-Omaha, uh, another prospect that the Silver Knights and, and Golden Knights are very excited about. Uh, and we'll see when he gets his first professional game action, as uh, now that could come any day. But the battery right now is uh, Kelly and Seville between the pipes for the Silver Knights. So, uh, again, the, the, the roster shuffle and rearrangement continues, but the Silver Knights need to find not just two points, but four this weekend as they host the Tucson Roadrunners. That's going to do it for our program this afternoon. Special thanks to Dylan Kelly and Kim Frank for hopping on. For the Silver Knights, again, Friday, it's going to be Nighthawks night. So the Nighthawks football team will be in attendance for some in-game fun at the Orleans Arena. And then Saturday afternoon, the last Silver Knights game at the Orleans. There'll be a 3 o'clock puck drop and a televised game as Darren Elliott will hop on the air with us for that game as well. You won't want to miss that on Saturday. So once again, get your tickets for the final weekend of hockey at the Orleans Arena and get your tickets or at least get to the TV tonight for Charity Night on AT&T Sportsnet as the Vegas Golden Knights support Cure for the Kids. That'll do it for us on HSK Today. I'm Brian McCormick. Have a great weekend, everybody. This is 1230 The Game, the Silver Knights Radio Network.